family. It is the Ratchet Righteous Goddess herself, Them Chakras. Make sure you follow the podcast anywhere you can find the podcast at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Make sure you follow me over there on Instagram for your motivational minute each and every weekday. Keep up on Chakra Body Care because, yes, we are still up and running. Um, over there at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Make sure you follow me over there on Twitter where you receive way more ratchet than you ever would righteous at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Hey, y'all. Hey. If nobody has told you today, please let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you. And welcome back to season two of Them Chakras Podcast, bitch. We in the building. <laughs> and we doing big shit. We're doing good shit. We're doing, we're doing a lot of shit. And the one thing that we're doing that we're making a huge change to is the way that the podcast is run um, this season and most seasons going forward. We're going to be dealing with the chakras. I don't know how the fuck I'm Dem Chakras and I'm not focusing on the chakras like what what the fuck was I doing season one right I, I think I was just trying to like you know get my feet wet but here we are you know fully dipped in everything that is greatness you know golden um getting it done so I wanted to to really shift gears a little bit for the podcast educate enlighten and entertain you guys um as well as doing what my main focus and my main study is during my spiritual journey and that is my chakra alignment um, you can call it chakras, you can call it chakras, uh, whatever works for you, but we're going to be dealing with the root chakra and then each chakra after that for the next seven seasons. So, um, I don't want you to think that it's going to be a bunch of, um, you know, educating by the book type things. We got some really dope interviews, some really good people coming on, partnering with a lot of dope people. Like I said, we got zoom meetings and all kinds like I, I got shit. Like we, we, we doing it. <laughs> um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for everything that is to come. Um, for this season, for the seasons going forward. And I thank you guys for supporting me so, so very much um, on this journey and being patient with me. Just, just rocking with me for as much as you, you know, for as long as you guys have. I really hope that in doing this, like I said, in reference to, in you know, enlightening and entertaining and educating that we heal um, as a unit, you know, like as a unit solely and as a unit as a tribe. So I really, I really want to to, to really like dive into things, get deep into things. And I, I knew that there was no better way for me to do it than to get to the root, no pun intended of me and for you guys to get to know me a little bit better. So this episode is called growing pains because I really, really want you guys to understand that this journey is not a journey that I just started. You know, although this has been a journey of mine with a a sole focus on healing since I was about 22 years old, I'm 27 now. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been an ongoing thing. Like I've always been different. I've always been a different kind of kid. Like I've just been different. And the trauma that I experienced as a child, most children experienced, you know, like I, I'm blessed to say that I was never sexually assaulted. Um, you know, I never had those issues in my family. I, my issues were different and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, a lot of the things that helped to shape and mold me to the point where I had to realize that it was a problem. I was a problem, you know, sometimes and that I needed to grow and go away from the things that no longer suited me. So that, that's where I am. And that's where I, you know, um, where I received a lot of the insight in reference to how I'm able to help y'all in the way that I am, because I've lived this shit. I've done this. This is nothing new to me. This is new to me being this, this version of me, but healing and growing and not wanting to feel this shit anymore has always been a thing. I was just going about it wrong. Um, I really want y'all to, to, to get to know me. So sit back and relax and listen to the styles of Christian Brianna Kirsten's, uh, biography. <laughs> Here it is. Um, 
I grew up in Hartford County, Maryland for a very long time, from the time I was six to the time I was 16, so about 10 years. But those are the golden years, you know, like those are the years that that really shape you. you you're, you're at a, an age at six years old where you're very impressionable. You're mimicking a lot of the things that you're seeing. And then I left Hartford County because my, my father divorced for the second time at 16 years old. And that is the age in which I'm most impressionable because hormones and, and niggas and boyfriends and uh, forever friends or friends that you think you're going to have forever. It was, it was a lot. So during the 10 years, and I think that's why my trauma was so hard during the 10 years in which I should be enjoying my childhood and, and I should be doing all these things to kind of, uh, shape my future. I guess I had to grow up really fast. So although, you know, I went from six to 16, um, numerically, you know, chronologically, I spiritually and mentally and emotionally had to grow up very fast. I had to get very mature, very quick about a lot of things. My parents divorced when I was 11 years old. Uh, We moved out to Harford County because my mother wanted a better life for us in reference to education. We lived, I mean, you could say we lived in the hood when we lived in the city. I grew up in the, like in the hood, not the projects, but like I grew up in the hood because that was like where my family lived. But my parents moved around a lot just because that's what they did. My mom till this day does that a lot. Um, my mom is not really good with change. My father isn't, neither one of my parents are good with change. So that's where that comes from. But we, my scenery changed a lot until I was about six years old. Once I turned six, we moved out to Hartford County and we stayed there for a while. And in Hartford County, uh, although it's a very large city, uh, in Joppa town where I lived at, um, it's very small in reference to like the opportunities you have in in reference in regards to schooling and things of that nature. So a lot of the friends that I had in first grade, I had in 10th, you know, well really ninth grade. Cause I left the summer before my 10th grade year. So those were like the friends that I always had. I did a lot of staying outside the house as a child. One, because it was safe. I really feel for the kids now who can't experience being outside till like one o'clock in the morning, because your family is like my father would sit outside and kick it with our neighbors who we later found out were actually related to crazy. Uh, my dad spent a lot of time out back with our neighbors. So my dad, let's backtrack a little bit. So when my parents divorced, I stayed with my father and I know that that's not normal. A lot of the time, a lot of the time the kid really goes with their mom, I guess, because they need that maternal, um, I guess maternal love. I didn't really require that because my dad has always been like our domesticated parent. My mom is different, like different. When you meet Sharon, um, I'm actually gonna have my mom on the show, hopefully this season. My mom is different. My mom, uh, her opinion on things, her outlook on things is different. Um, the way that she thinks about violence is really different. My mom is just different and I love her for it. But the more that, um, the older I get and the more that I'm experiencing things, I realize that I'm a lot like my mother in a lot of unhealthy ways. And one of those ways is that when something is, I don't want to say bothering me, but when something isn't necessarily suiting me, I don't really say anything about it. I just dip. I'm like, fuck it. You know, like whatever. And that's more so what happened with my parents divorce. My parents 
I didn't know all the things that my parents were going through because, again, it wasn't my business. But my mom, my parents got into a really bad argument one night. And then I remember probably like two days later, my mom was gone. Like she explained to us that she was leaving, but my mom was gone. I'm talking about like all her shit. She did not have to come back for a damn thing. All her shit was gone. And I would, you know, have conversations on the phone with my mom. And my mom would tell me like, you know, there's coats in the closet. Those are for you to keep. There's bags in the closet, designer bags. Those are for you to keep. You know, my shoes that are there, those for you to keep. I left that there for you. My dad, being a domesticated parent, that's how I learned to cook. That's how I learned to um, really clean a house. That's 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 where I got that from. And then my grandmother, my great aunts, because they were the women in my life. But we lived all the way in Hartford County. And my family, like my immediate family, lived in Baltimore City. So a lot of what I experienced as a child in reference to like love and domestication, when I say things like cooking and things like that, was my dad and then his multiple girlfriends. My dad... Let me see. When my parents divorced, the first person that I think my dad talked to after that was one of our neighbors. Uh, And I actually, man, from the time I was like 12 till maybe like 15, 14, 15, I I spent a lot of time at this lady's house. I don't want to put their name out there um, just because her daughter and I don't get along anymore. That shit was crazy. You would, you would think that, let me say this. When it's not just your story to tell, you don't really want to tell that story because there's always two sides to the story. Now, what I'm telling you is most definitely truthful, but again, part of it is my opinion as well. So I don't want to, I don't really want to say what happened too much in reference to why, uh, myself and her daughter aren't cool anymore. But I will say that she and her daughter had a huge impact on my upbringing, the way that I view sex, the way that I view sexuality, the way that I view caring for a man, all of those things, huge impact on that. Um, So that was my dad's first girlfriend. Again, she was somebody who lived in the neighborhood and for about six years, even when they moved, I moved. I spent a lot of time outside my house because I did not. It's just that my dad didn't know how to to raise a little girl. So back then, my dad was like, you know, putting my hair in these fucked up ponytails and like all this shit when I was in elementary school. But the older I got, the more I started to spend time up. Um, let's give her a name. Let's call her K. The more time I spent up um, K's house, Miss K or K, I'll call her K because I call her by her first name. The more time I spent up, I'll call her Mommy K because I used to call her by her first name. The more time I spent up Mommy K's house, the more t- the more I started to experience things from her version of femininity. So dressing a certain type of way and being this church going female and I was still experiencing that with like the immediate family members of my family. But again, I was around Mommy K and her daughter so much that like that's what I saw. I started to spend a lot of time with their family I was comfortable up there and I felt like I had a family although she was a single mom she made sure that I was good my dad made sure that I was good I could like leave from school from there like that was a lot of my life so once I got to a certain age and like boys became a thing I didn't really talk to my dad about that too much because like what what the fuck was he gonna tell me I I didn't find myself happy in my household because my dad was struggling so much like it wasn't really a financial thing I don't know if the bills were ever really an issue when my dad was a single dad 
I know that because he worked for the railroad. I know that my dad was struggling a lot with his health. And that's what I was more so running away from. I didn't want to be my dad's nurse, not because I didn't want to help him, but because it's really hard to like watch your father shake as he's giving himself a needle in his leg, you know, because like he needs his injection for his multiple sclerosis. It's really hard when, you know, your father is like losing his sight in his left eye, but he's still trying to cook and clean and, you know, keep the household together. So although I was the woman of my household at that time, my brother was never really in the house. My brother's eight years, my elder. He was never really in the house. He was, you know, at his friend's house too. I think we were just running away from something and I didn't deal with that until I got older, but it was a conversation I had to have with both of my parents. My mom apologized for leaving the way that she did and being so abrupt about it. She did explain to us that the reason why she did it was because she felt like she had to get the fuck up out of there, which I respect. My father... Um, I I don't know if I really got like a huge explanation from him, just more so just being unhappy. I will say that my father being, my father's been married three times, watching the multiple women that came through our household, I did sometimes feel very jealous of those relationships because I was my father's caretaker. So even when I was staying at mommy K's house, I would still come home and make sure that my father took his medicine every day. Cause I could walk there. It was probably like a five minute walk. Um, so I could walk home and make sure that my dad took his medicine. I would check in every day. I would come home and get my clothes. I would come show my dad that my hair was done. My dad always saw my report card, like all of those things. But mommy K was like my mom because my mom had left. And then my aunt Anita, shout out to my aunt Anita. Cause I'm still, you know, kind of close with them. Again, like we found out our neighbors, like my aunt Anita is actually my cousin Anita, but I grew up with her being my aunt and my uncle Jimmy, um, his son, Jimmy, and then my cousin Megan. I, I grew up like being in the household. They watched me. Miss um, Liz and her daughter, Elizabeth and Jason and Mr. Tim, who lived up the street, white people, but very loving, like really watched me. She took care of me when I had the flu. Uh, a, a little off topic. I remember I got sick at a very young age. I had, I had like a, a, a form of the flu that like most kids don't get, but Miss Liz was so caring and so loving. Like this white woman took such good care of me because my dad had to work and it was just too much for me to go in the city and be with my mom. Cause I still like, I still had to do like a take home packet. It was just, a, it was a lot. So shout out to them. But like, that's the thing. I had a lot of additional women in my life. So at this point, at that point in my life, my parents, like I said, I think I said before, um, my parents divorced when I was 11, from 11 to like 14, there were multiple women who came into my life that kind of shaped my femininity. It wasn't until I met my son's father that it started to make sense to me about what my femininity actually was. And we'll get into that in a minute too. Um, my father got married for the second time what the fuck was I like 14, maybe 14. When my dad got married again, he got married to, let's call her. I don't think she's ever going to, let's call her Pebbles. Cause that's her name. Pebbles, not her real name, but they call her Pebbles. Um, hood rat. Like, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful at all. Like that's what she was known for. When I first met her, she had on this denim dress that zipped up in the front and some shoes, like some heels that tied up the leg. She was a bad bitch. And this was back in a time where people used to wear drawstring ponytail. She had a drawstring ponytail, real tight, real cute, had the bang swoop. Like you, she was a bad bitch. Couldn't tell her nothing. And my father was actually dealing with her and dealing with mommy Kate at the same time. You feel me? Play a player. So, uh, Pebbles had, I'm trying to count them without calling their names out, like four kids, right? Three kids. She had four, she has five children altogether. She lost a son when he was, um, 
younger. He was probably like 18, 19 when he was killed. And then she had four living children, three children of which whom lived in a home with us. So we were in this three bedroom. We were in a three bedroom townhouse and there was like seven of us in the house. It was me and my brother, my father, Pebbles, and then her three kids. Yeah, it was seven of us. I'm sorry, it was eight of us. Um, Seven of us. What the fuck, Christian? You can't count. Seven of us. And... It was stressful as fuck. It was very stressful. I had to share a room for the first time. I didn't know nothing about, you know, having siblings. And then these girls were way older than me. So they had boyfriends. And then my stepbrother was older than me. He had a girlfriend. So I'm watching all these things happen. And at the time, my father went from being very, like, um, domesticated to being very laid back. Because, you know, he had a girlfriend now who was staying with us and who was kicking it with us. And so she cleaned a lot. So I started seeing these different things from her. And then I'm at Mommy K house and I'm seeing certain things from her. So I'm at this age now where I'm just like, you know, like I got to get me a boyfriend. I was still visiting my aunt every weekend. I used to spend Friday and Saturday at my aunt's house um, in Woodlawn. And then I would come home. My parents, my, my dad would pick me up or Pebbles would pick me up on Sundays and bring me back home so I could go to school. So when I was 12, I met this guy, right? I'm, I'm a man, like he was the love of my life. Rayshawn Jackson <laughs> to this day. Um, no, he's not the love of my life to this day, but I'm saying like to this day, I will never forget him. My first love impression upon my heart, my soul and my pussy. Um, I lost my virginity to him in my aunt's basement in a red recliner and it was real. And I remember that being like my first test of how feminine was I? Like, I remember talking to my sisters. I remember talking to mommy K. I remember talking to her daughter who was, I called her my sister at the time about him. I met him when I was 12. I met him through a friend, Bridget. Hey, Bridget girl, what's up? Uh, I met him over the phone for the first time. You know how people used to be on the house phone, like six niggas deep, everybody calls somebody. That's how we were. I met him on the phone. I met him for the first time at the mall. And then after that, like that was big. And that was my test of femininity because it was like, I wanted to do everything for him. And I always wanted him to be happy. And I took love so serious as, as a child, it was ridiculous. Like, you're my first love, but there's no reason why this shit is this serious to me. Everything that he did hurt. Everything that wasn't about me, if he, you know, mentioned another girl. At the time, MySpace, if it was other girls in his top eight, like, I felt a certain kind of way because I'm just like, this is my man. The same way that I felt like my mother had abandoned me, I, I then had abandonment issues. Although my mother, again, explained to me why she was leaving, I had abandonment issues because I'm seeing everybody else around me in love. And I'm seeing everybody else around me fucking and doing all this other shit for these niggas who are doing things for them. And I'm 12 years old y'all I'm 12 13 years old and I I never really inquired any deeper about love or the expectations of a relationship I'm just doing what the fuck I saw around me and he just accepted that shit I don't know if it was because that was his normal or what it was it was just what we was doing being real grown real fast um cooking him dinner when he came down my aunt house, uh, just spending time with him. We actually ended up going to the same HBCU when we went to the same college, uh, spent a lot of time in each other's dorm rooms. But again, it was a lot of other women involved and I was just taking that shit. Like no matter how much it hurt me, I was taking that shit. And I, I went through a lot with my whole mental, like being really emotional. I was hospitalized one time, um, for taking too many pills because, it was some shit going on at home and then it was some shit going on with me and Rayshawn and I just felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to because mental health wasn't really talked about back then. My dad definitely needed therapy. My mom definitely needed to be put on the medications that she's on now. 
all this shit should have been happening way sooner than it did and it didn't. It had not been happening. So I'm trying to be the woman of my household while there's this woman in my household while still trying to take advice from this woman about being a woman. I have all of these girls in my house and I'm asking them how to be a young woman, how to be a good girlfriend, how to be this freaky nasty person that I'm seeing in porn because now that's being talked about around me. I'm seeing mommy K cater to all these men that are coming in and out of her life. I'm seeing her daughter, you know, being so flirtatious and open with other men because she doesn't have a full understanding of you know your body is your temple and to respect it all these things are going on and then I had this this man or this male in my life that is just accepting the shit that I'm giving to him and I did not know what love was so anytime that I felt like he didn't love me I did shit for attention I would lash out I would call him crying I'd be like you broke my heart I'm in other bitches inboxes like you know I'm just coming to you as a woman I was doing all of this problematic and toxic shit from like the time I was 12 to the time I was 17. I got pregnant at 16, just again, being fast by him. Um, he had kind of dipped out by then. He had actually sent me an email breaking up with me at the time. And it just, it hurt so fucking bad. Like I just was, I, I was lashing out for attention because I felt so fucking alone. Like, although I was around all these people, I wasn't really like talking too much. I just was like trying to be a kid and trying to be grown at the same time. And it just did not taking advice from, and I'm watching how they're doing things and they seem to be successful. You know, like my dad's making good money. Pebbles is making good money. Mommy K was making good money, working at the, um, working at the bank. Like I'm seeing all these adults around me making good money and doing shit and enjoying their life. And then I'm seeing the kids around me having so much fun and doing these things and, I was like the biggest friend out of all of my friends. So I'm dealing with self-esteem issues and body dysmorphia and body issues. But I got this guy who's telling me that he loves me and he fucking me in my aunt's basement. Like I'm feeling like you feel like I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling myself at one point, but I'm completely empty at the same time. And it just it got to be too much. And it wasn't until I was. When did I meet my son's father? I met you when I was 19, 18, when I met you by that time. I had, I was still dealing with Rayshawn, but I had had a couple girlfriends. I was very just like looking for love in all the wrong places. I needed companionship. My father was that person. My dad never stayed single for long. And that's one thing that like I got from him that I just like, I needed companionship. I needed to have somebody. I needed somebody to validate who I was as not only just a woman, but like as a, as a, I in order for me to feel like I was a good person, I had to be in a relationship and I had to be serving somebody else. And I was never on the re- real receiving end of things. Nobody ever really did anything good for me until they like fucked me over. And all it took was one kind gesture and you were back in my good graces. It was very difficult for me because I, I needed love. And it's not that I wasn't getting the love at home. It's not like I wasn't getting the love from my family, but that's not what I wanted. I was seeing all these people around me, you feel me, having all these people lusting after them and wanting to be with them that I'm like, that has to be me I want to be that too so I was just accepting the shit so I turned 18 and uh I met Yule and Yule was dysfunctional as fuck too like I did not know that a lot of the shit was happening and we've talked about that um any kind of like guest appearance that you've heard um from you know me being on podcast earlier in my podcast career was a lot about talking about the you know eight years of him cheating and the miscommunications and how problematic he was but I was problematic as well because again I'm yearning for this companionship so I'm taking the shit that he doing we got this girl living in our house we got this whole sister wife situation going on she toxic as fuck like that situation was just deaded the what in the the middle of last year like it it went on for so long y'all I really needed to be loved I've been on my spiritual journey for four years like 
a, a true spiritual journey for about four years, but that shit did not make sense until I hit 25. I turned 25 two years ago, like two years ago is when the shit, so I'm lying. No. What was last year? Was I fucking on niggas last year? I was not. I was fucking on niggas a year before. What year is this? It's 2020. It's a blur. Um, in 2018 is when I decided that I was going to call it a quits with my son's father. I was like, fuck this shit. You know, like you're not, you're not doing the shit that a partner should be doing. You're not loving me correctly. And that's because I had started to see what love really was. I stopped paying attention to the shit my father was doing. My mother has been in an entanglement for like 12 fucking years, right? That's our new favorite word, entanglement. Um, my mom has been in the same entanglement for like 12 fucking years. It's just, it's a lot of dysfunction in the love that I see around me. My dad is on his third marriage. And although it's going well, my stepmom is a great woman. My dad is been married three times divorced twice my mom has not had a real partner since my father and the partner that you know she like deals with now but my mom does not communicate well my father does not communicate well I'm seeing this shit around me but you know like it's it's dysfunctional as fuck and I know that now but I didn't really get the you know real grip of that until probably like two years ago and again like my son's father just was not loving me correctly but I was still dealing with the same shit that yearning for companionship I'm causing arguments in the house although he was cheating like instead of me being like bitch just leave like I had places to go I wanted to argue with this nigga I needed to explain myself I needed to tell him how I felt even though I knew he didn't give a fuck you know because he was still doing the same shit it took a lot like it took a lot and even now like in communicating with him I am so much more emotionally intelligent to the point where it doesn't take an explanation. I tell you what the fuck you did to piss me off or to hurt my feelings or, you know, how proud I am, whatever I'm trying to explain to you. And I'll leave it at that. I used to explain myself so fucking much to so many different people. And it's like, Christian, for what? You know, what are you explaining yourself for? Especially to the people that I thought love me, to my girlfriends, to my boyfriends, um, to my partners, even just my sexual partners. And it's like, bitch, they don't care, you know? And even, and there were times where they did care, but I didn't think that they cared. So I was just kind of brushing them off. Like, what you feel me? Like, well, fuck you. You know, like you, you're not really my cup of tea because you actually care about me. And I I wanted to chase after them. I wanted to chase after the drug dealers. I wanted to chase after I've dealt with some killers. Like I wanted to, you know, deal with the niggas that's in and out of jail. I wanted to deal with the females who, you know, had these in vitro fertilizations with these women. So we're playing, you know, like daddy to a child, but we're still on and off with the moms, the part that I was playing in things that, that yearning for companionship, I was still doing it. And I was like, bitch, you need to be comfortable by yourself. When me and my son's father broke up for the first like three months, y'all, I'll be honest. I text this nigga every day. Like I fucking hate you. I don't understand how you could do this to me. Cause I had to see him every day. We still reside in the same home. So I'm looking at this nigga like, I fucking hate you. Like, I hate everything about you. I hate that you're breathing. Like, why the fuck are you still alive? Why the fuck don't you just die? Like, leave me fuck. That was how I was communicating with this man. And yes, he hurt me. But who the fuck deserves to be talked to like that? Like, it, Christian, who the fuck do you think you are? I cried a lot. Um, I was like bearing my soul to people where I should not have been even sharing my business. One thing that I really admire about myself um, that I've, I've grown to do back before any of that happened, like probably between the ages of like 17 and 20, I used to put a lot of my business down on Facebook. Like when I missed my boyfriend or when I was feeling a certain type of way or when we was going through something, all my shit was on social media. You wouldn't know shit now. You wouldn't know who I was fucking, who I was dating, what's going on. Uh, if I was pregnant, you wouldn't know because I literally keep all that shit to myself. Certain things you should just keep private. And 
again, in getting my root chakra together and in getting myself together, because again, your root chakra is about being secure in everything and being confident in the decisions that you're making and, you know, having the faith that what you're doing and how you're working is going to pay off. And the way that you make sure that you're taken care of in all aspects of your life and to make sure that what you're doing is not causing harm to yourself, you know, emotionally, physically, you know, verbally, financially, sexually, all those things, you have to be intelligent about those aspects of your life. Nobody is saying that you have to know everything, but you have to have a way better grip on reality than you do now. Some people are so distant with an actual rea- like the reality the, the reality that they're actually living that they live in this facade and then it's all on social media and it's all on those you know all on just these sites for people to see and there is no privacy it's very important to keep certain things private and I was not doing that again it took me until I was 25 I want you guys to understand that like, it took me till I was 25 to get that shit together and it was one of the first chakras that I ever opened and now that I'm still on this journey to heal my root chakra it has been a thing um, I had a whole, whole phase, like a whole, whole phase, but my whole phase was, was so fucking enlightening and educating. Like I understood my sexuality, my, my confidence had, let's backtrack a little bit. I used to weigh 390 pounds. So your girl was pushing 400 pounds and I still felt like a bad bitch, you know, like, cause my boyfriend was making me feel that way. My son's father, when he was my, you know, he was making me feel that way. He was making me feel like I felt good. I mean, he was fucking bitches behind me, but he kept my nails and my hair and my feet done. So I was good. Now that I take care of those things on my own, even when I was going through my whole phase, you know, I was taking care of myself on my own in reference to my physical appearance after I had my weight loss surgery, after, you know, like changing certain things about myself, changing my hairstyle, cutting my hair, going natural, all of those things. I felt like a bad bitch. My whole phase was easy as fuck. Like there were no complications. I, I stayed in one situation with one person for a little too long outside of that. I really don't see an issue with anything that I did during my whole phase. Never strung these niggas along. Never made these niggas feel special unless, you know, I wanted them to feel special. Never did any of that. I fucked on them and I kept the shit open. I kept my communication open. I let them know how I was feeling, if I was feeling anything for them, what I wanted to do with them, what my sexual limitations were, all of that. Wanting to kick it with them outside of the bedroom when I wanted to do that. I was honest about all of that because I feel like that is important. I did not get the gist of that until 25. So if you have not gotten the gist of being emotionally intelligent, I I ask that you consider really dealing with your root chakra. Something is off. You are not fully secure in what you're doing and how you're doing things because you're not fully confident in yourself. A lot of it has to do with your other chakras as well, but that root chakra, the developmental stage of your root chakra, like I said before, is zero to 12 months. So a lot of what you learn and a lot of what you see um, in your first year of life is a lot of what sticks with you. But growing up, what you hold on to will shape the fuck out your adulthood, whether you like it or not. So it's really, really important that you deal with the confidence that itself, the body issues, the self-esteem, Although a lot of that has to do with your sacral and your solar plexus, everything, everything has a lot to do with your root. So it's super important that you get to know you. And like when I say be who you be, a lot of it has to do with the root chakra. When you think of your root chakra, think about the roots of you, the tree that you are, this strong, sturdy, this long living being. You want that to be something that is is just unapologetically you. And in order for it to be that way, you have to stand firm and be completely rooted. You see what I'm saying? Completely rooted in everything that you do and be confident about it. Yes, this is what I did. Yes, this is what I've done. But 
It also has a lot to do with your past as well. That's why I'm so transparent with you all. That's why I don't have shit to hide. Being private and being secretive is two different things. When you're trying to heal your root chakra, secrets don't work. Not even with you. It's not saying that you have to bear your soul to the world, but you're going to have to get real honest and real, like real down about your demons. Like your demons don't live in your closet rent free. Like there's a price to pay for not dealing with it. It really, you have to be so sure of what the fuck you are about to deal with because it's ugly in there. And all of it is your fault. All of it is your fault. I want you to know that. I want you to know that everything that you have to heal from, every time that you did not forgive yourself, every time that you stayed in a situation for too long, every time that you lashed out when you should have shut the fuck up, all of it is your fault. However, it is up to you to apologize to you and for you to forgive yourself in order for you to be able to one, heal, and two, to be able to move forward. Everything everything that I got to grow from all the shit that happened to me in my childhood. Yes. I did not have a direct effect on how I could deal with it because I had no say at that point. Then I had no, no real rule or no real jurisdiction or no real, uh, no real decision-making opportunities in how I grew up. But the shit that I dealt with, I most definitely had a voice. I just didn't know that voice at that time. And a lot of the times where I felt like I needed a bit more security, I never asked for it. And the times that I needed reassurance and I wasn't giving it, I never asked for it. I never, I never gave myself the opportunity to be vulnerable because I felt like I always had to be strong. I don't know if you've ever dealt with being a child in a divorce, but that shit hurts. I could only imagine being married and experiencing a divorce. I've never been married. But what I I will tell you in that in experiencing a divorce between the two people that I thought would love them, would love each other for forever and in them loving them would be able to love me the way that they should. And the fact is though they didn't, I blamed myself for that. I had to forgive my, not that none of that had anything to do with me. I had to forgive myself for that. When I tell you that in healing your root chakra, you gonna cry, you gonna yell, you gonna scream, you gonna realize how fucking angry you really are in doing all of that. When I realized how much how much I put on myself when I didn't have to, how much I blamed myself for things when it wasn't my fault, how I wanted to do more, but I didn't do more. All of these things I had to forgive myself for. And when I forgave myself, I had to literally forgive myself and say, if I ever get back to the point where I'm still dealing with this, this, I have to forgive myself again. The amount of times that you are going to have to say, I apologize, not I'm sorry, but the amount of times that you have to apologize to yourself in life is going to be indefinite. It's going to always happen because you are going to make mistakes. Shit is going to happen, but you have to be confident in who you are to know that this is a mistake. When you're not confident in you, when you don't really know you, you don't even know that what you're doing to you is detrimental. You don't know. So it's really important that you, you deal with yourself and you deal with yourself accordingly. You give yourself that grace period. You give yourself that time. You're sensitive to yourself, but you're also hard on you. You're also very strict about you. You don't play about you. The same way people say, God don't play about me. The same way you say, oh, my baby father don't play about me. My baby mother don't play about my homegirl, whomever. You don't play about you. Be a real ass nigga about you. 
be your first line of defense about you and everything that you possess, everything that you got going on, because the, the quicker you are and the better you are and the more secure you are in everything that is about you, the less shit that you'll take from others. And that's what that root chakra is really about. It's not the discernment. The discernment is up there in your solar plexus, but in being a real ass nigga and then protecting you because you notice some shit is off your awareness about things is all in that root chakra here. Your root chakra is really at the, the base of your spine right before your ass. So you, you know, you know, when you get that feeling that you just like, this shit is wrong. It's not even your gut. It's that feeling in your ass when you like, listen, some shit is either going down or some shit has happened. And I knew I was right. You stick with that and you know that and you go with that because that is you telling you that you the realest nigga in the room. And you know, when some shit is going down, forgive yourself, give yourself that grace period. Let yourself know that you were not you when it was happening or that you were you, but you were not the best version of you and that you're asking for forgiveness. Look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, can you forgive? forgive me for what I did and say that shit. Can you forgive me for the times where I accepted companionship when I really needed to be independent? Can you forgive me for the times I was codependent when I really needed to be independent? Can you forgive me for the times where I was not, you know, fully aware of my emotions and I dragged you along in the situation. Can, can you forgive me for the times where I did not love me? So I did things that weren't best to my body, whether it be what you were eating, what you, you know, who you were allowing in your temple, all the niggas that you let shoot up your club, you know, how many sexual partners that you had that you feel is excessive because we're not letting society deem us as anything. It is those things that you feel like were not good to you. You know what your demons look like, you know what they sound like, and you know what and who they are. You have to forgive you. You deserve forgiveness. You deserve happiness. You deserve all good things. You deserve to be confident and secure. And I, the more that I learn this about myself and the more that I deal with this root chakra here and the more that I deal with that childhood trauma and that pain and even the the trauma from my adult years, the more that I tap into this, the more that I realize that I dealt with more shit than what I should have. And, and not just with other people and shit with me being at jobs for too fucking long. Um, you know, not, not stating that I wanted to raise, like it's, 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 it's so many different things. We could be here for hours talking about this. However, I'm telling you that right now, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to get truly confident in who you be and who you are and how you move. And the first thing you have to do is deal with the things that are causing you pain from your past. It might not have just been your childhood. It might've been your early adult years. It might've been your teenage years. It might've been, you know, last year, fuck, you know, you just have to deal with it. And you have to apologize to you, baby, because you deserve so much more. You deserve more credit. You deserve more respect. You deserve more nice things. You know, you deserve that. And in order for you to be able to get that and to gain that and to really heal the chakra and make it harmonious with the other six chakras, you have to deal with the things from your past. This shadow work is so very important. So baby, when you feel like it's become too much, when you've put yourself in a situation and it reminds you of something that happened years ago, but you feel the exact same pain, baby, go back to that. People call it a prayer closet. I want you to go back into your safe space and I want you to deal with you. I want you to get you a journal. I ask that you consider getting you a journal. I ask that you consider really researching your root chakra. I ask that you really get in touch with those family members who may know something about your past that you don't. Maybe there's something foggy, but that, but it's really bothering you. So, and you know that somebody else was there. So I want you to, I want you to hear that, you know, and then I want you to hear their side of the story on, on, on 
on, on 2020 ears. You know how they say 2020 vision is kind of the best vision. I want you to hear it on very clear ears and I want you to hear it because I want you to be able to decipher from what they said happened and what you know to happen. And then in what you guys say that is the same, that is the truth. Okay. I don't want you to just take people's opinion for what it is. We're going to have a conversation about the guidance counselor. And that is going to be some, something that, that I feel like everybody needs to listen to coming up soon. I want you guys to understand that, you know, everybody that's trying to help you on this journey ain't always, you know, the best person to assist you. So you really got to get serious about you again, that confidence and that, that stern and strict feeling of, I am, you know, your, your root is I am. Okay. And you are the realest nigga, you know, and in order for you to be the best person that you can be and the realest nigga that you know, and to be so secure in who you are and who you be is to heal that root chakra there. So anything from your past, baby, anything that does not suit you, it's okay to speak about your past. I talk about my past all the time when people ask, you know, um, what was it like doing this? Or what was it like as a kid? What was your childhood? Like I have no problem admitting to those things and I have no problem telling people, you know, about the good times as well. I don't always dwell in the past about the negativity. It's the shit that I had to heal from and that I'm still healing from, um, that I deal with a lot, but you know, it wasn't all bad. Congratulate yourselves on the things that you did correct as well. That has a lot to do with healing your root chakra. Give yourself kudos and credit for the things that you did well back then that you were able to adapt or um, apply to your life now that is working for you, baby. You deserve, okay? And the I am of you needs to be, I am who I be unapologetically. Let's say I am who I be unapologetically. One more time for the motherfuckers in the back. I am who I be unapologetically with no sorrow, to ha- with no harm to myself or anybody else. I am who I be unapologetically. Baby, live in your truth. Be who you be. You deserve and in deserving know that you have to forgive you for a lot of the things that happen. My growing pains, baby, no matter how bad they hurt, I heal because I know that I deserve in everything that I do. I ask that if you take nothing from this episode today, other than knowing that you deserve and that you are, and that you have the ability to heal, take that and go with that, knowing that things will get better. The sooner you deal with those demons, listen, them demons in their closet don't give a fuck about you or anything that you got going on. Cause baby, the minute that they need to show face, they will, and they will show their ass. They will be the most entertaining fucking show that anybody has ever seen grow. And we want to go to the places that are suited best suited for us and in order to do that baby like I said you gotta heal so with that being said if nobody has told you today let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you and baby I see you growing and I see you healing and I see all that you are and I love you and I like you and I respect you for it and I'll see you guys next week